Welcome to another Wednesday podcast of Vine and Fig Tree. And today we want to know more about the nature and character of God the Father, His Son, and Jesus, and the work of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to take a look at a false assumption about the Father. And it's not, um, it's not something that you have to understand to be saved. But if you want to really know what God is like, this is a solid foundational understanding that he is not treacherous. So let's take a look at what happened to Jesus on the cross and why a false assumption has arisen that has never been really put down. In Matthew, we read that the things that Jesus said were, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then later on, he cried with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. In Luke, uh, Matthew and Mark, by the way, are both the same. And then in Luke, it says, first thing he said was, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And then later on, he's speaking to the thief on the cross. Truly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. And then he also said later, cried with a loud voice, and then, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. That's Luke. In John, it says, when Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing by, he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, behold your mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her to his own home. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture must be fulfilled, said, I thirst. Now a vessel full of sour wine was sitting there, and they filled a sponge with sour wine, put it on hyssop, and put it to his mouth. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. So when he said um, he needed to fulfill the scripture, the scripture that he was fulfilling was actually a prophetic psalm, Psalm of David, uh, which is also called a messianic psalm because it portrays the Messiah. It says in Psalm 69, 21, they also gave me gall for my food and for my thirst they gave me vinegar to drink, which vinegar is the equivalent of sour wine. So when Jesus was on the cross, everything he did was from the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Everything he said, and that's the same for all of his earthly ministry time. Um, in John 5, 19, it says, Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. And it's the Holy Spirit in him that shows him what the Father is doing and saying. Mark 13, 11 says it this way, But when they arrest you and deliver you up, do not worry beforehand or premeditate what you will speak, but whatever is given you in that hour, speak that, for it is not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit. And that's exactly what happened to Jesus. He was arrested and delivered up. He did not worry beforehand or premeditate on what he was going to say. He said the words of the Holy Spirit as they were given to him. And so in John 20, 21, it says, when Jesus had come back and was talking to his disciples, Jesus said to them, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. 
we're to understand that going through difficult circumstances, we're to look to the Father for what we're to say and do. Now, what's the problem here? The problem is the assumption based on Psalm 22 that God turned his back or forsook Jesus on the cross. Nothing could be further from the truth. And Psalm 22, which is a messianic and prophetic psalm, says that. So let's read it. To the chief musician set to the deer of the dawn, a psalm of David. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me and from the words of my groaning? Oh, my God, I cry in the daytime, but you do not hear. And in the night season, I'm not silent. But you are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. Our fathers trusted in you. They trusted and you delivered them. They cried to you and were delivered. They trusted in you and were not ashamed. But I'm a worm and no man, a reproach of men and despised by the people. All those who see me ridicule me. They shoot out the lip. They shake the head saying, he trusted in the Lord. Let him rescue him. Let him deliver him since he delights in him. But you are he who took me out of the womb. You made me trust while on my mother's breast. I was cast upon you from birth. From my mother's womb, you have been my God. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, for there is none to help. Many bulls have surrounded me. Strong bulls of Bashan have encircled me. They gape at me with their mouths like a raging and roaring lion. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like max, wax. rather. It is melted within me. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue clings to my jaws. You have brought me to the dust of death. For dogs have surrounded me. The congregation of the wicked has enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. They look and stare at me. They divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. But you, O Lord, do not be far from me. O my strength, hasten to help me. Deliver me from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dog. Save me from the lion's mouth and from the horns of the wild oxen. You have answered me. I will declare your name to my brethren in the midst of the assembly. I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, glorify him and fear him, all you offspring of Israel. For he has not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, nor has he hidden his face from him. But when he cried to him, he heard. So in this psalm, Jesus is describing by the Holy Spirit, what was going to happen to him on the cross. And all of these things that you've listened to in Psalm 22 happened to Jesus on the cross. And his answer for all of us is, he had, God the Father has not despised him, nor abhorred his affliction, nor hidden his face from him, but when he cried to him, he heard. So why do we insist that God somehow turned his back and proved treacherous on the cross? Well, I like to look at an analogy, and it's a tough analogy because it comes out of Dave Reaver's life. And Dave Reaver is a Vietnam veteran who has had traumatic wounds during his service, uh, almost completely uh, burned in his body from a white phosphorus grenade. And he was placed in a burn unit, and the man next to him, had received uh, terrific burns as well, and others in the unit. But the man next to him is what we're talking about. 
Now, David's wife came in. He was afraid that she would look at him and really despise him. But she said, welcome home, Davy, and loved him from that moment. And David Reaver began to amend. The man in the next bed, his wife came in too. And at the bed, she took off her wedding ring and threw it on the bed and said, I can't go anywhere with you. You're disgusting, and left him. Which of those two sounds like an analogy for what people have accused God of as uh, forsaking Jesus on the cross? Well, it would be the one who left and despised. That's not God the Father. All right, let's take a look at... And by the way, if you believe the, uh, the typical argument is that we go back to uh, – if you believe God forsook Jesus and turned his face away from him on the cross, I have this question for you, and it's a logical question. Who cleaned up Jesus so the Father could look upon him to be able to raise him from the dead? Did God have to turn his back on Jesus and, and kind of work behind his back with his fingers? Of course not. It never happened. God never forsook Jesus nor turned away from him. So why is this utterance in the plan of God for Jesus on the cross? Well, it's because Jesus endured everything on the cross, including all our emotions, and he showed us how to respond in God. We cry out at times. We're supposed to. When we cry out, God answers us, and he shows us that he's been with us every step of the way. We do face the same feelings and emotions when we experience pain and suffering. So let's look at Job as to what happened to Job during his pain and suffering to kind of get an idea of what God's getting at. In Job chapter 29, verse 1, Job further continued his discourse and said, Oh, that I were as in months past, as in the days when God watched over me, when his lamp shone upon my head, and when by his light I walked through darkness, just as I was in the days of my prime, when the friendly counsel of God was over my tent, when the Almighty was yet with me. See, Job came to a place through his pain and suffering and the poor counsel of uh, friends. He came to the place where he believed that God had left him. And we know from the rest of the book of Job that that's not true. Job was uh, going through some emotions and some uh, discouragement in his life because he was a religious man and faithful to do duties. But God wanted something higher. He wanted a deep relationship with Job, which he got as he explained to Job who he was. And that's the same that we're looking at. We want to know that God is faithful. And here's what went on with Jesus on the cross. Um, in Psalm 77, 6 through 20, Jesus is showing us that his meditations were right. I call Remember, to remembrance, my song in the night, I meditate within my heart and my spirit makes diligent search. Will the Lord cast off forever and will he be favorable no more? 
Has his mercy ceased forever? Has his promise failed forevermore? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he in anger shut up his tender mercies? And I said, this is my anguish, but I will remember to the, the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember your wonders of old. I will also meditate on all your work. And talk of your deeds. Your way, O God, is in the sanctuary. Who so great is our God? You are the God who does wonders. You have declared your strength among the people. You have, with your arm, redeemed your people. So the, this is also a messianic psalm. And it talks about Jesus, what he was thinking about as he was hanging on the cross. In Psalm 143.1, it says, a Psalm of David, Hear my prayer, O Lord. Give ear to my supplications. In your faithfulness, answer me, and in your righteousness. Do not enter into judgment with your servant, for in your sight no one living is righteous. For the enemy has persecuted my soul. He has crushed my life to the ground. He has made me to dwell in darkness like those who have long been dead. Therefore, my spirit is overwhelmed within me. My heart within me is distressed. I remember the days of old. I meditate on all your works. I muse on the work of your hands. I spread out my hands to you. My soul longs for you like a thirsty land. Answer me speedily, O Lord. My spirit fails. Do not hide your face from me, lest I be like those who go down to the pit. Cause me to hear your loving kindness in the morning, for in you do I trust. Cause me to know the way in which I should walk. For I lift up my soul to you. And we know that one of the last things Jesus said, into your hands I commit or lift up my spirit. And the promises that God made to Jesus, as we see displayed here, are the same for us if we are obedient to serve him. In Hebrews, it says, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have, for he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. That's the very essence of the attitude of Jesus on the cross. And then in Psalm 94, 14, for the Lord will not cast off his people, neither will he forsake his inheritance. And remember, the firstborn son is the first of the inheritance of God. Isaiah 41, when the poor and needy seek water and there is none and their tongue faileth for thirst, I, the Lord, will hear them. I am the God of Israel who will not forsake them. We see that God never forsook Jesus, that he will never forsake us no matter what kind of difficulties we go through. And we know that Jesus went through the most difficulties of anyone because it says in the Psalms that his, his very figure was uh, marred more than any man. And we have to understand that there is a marring that was going on in the spirit realm as well, that Satan was hammering against him and the emotions of the moment with all the people that hated him. Think about Job. He had three friends that came in and were completely overwhelmed and said all kinds of bad things about Job. Just multiply that by hundreds when Jesus was surrounded by the evildoers on the cross. So when we come into difficulties and it feels like 
God's forsaken us, it's not true. And as we settle in the fact that the Lord loves us so much and cares for us so much that he's called us children, children of the Most High God, we are children of the living God, purchased by the blood of Jesus for adoption. And we have been adoptioned into the glorious family of a father who will never forsake us. And in Jesus' name, that's it for today.